You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassafin Securities in self-imposed self-isolation today. Something happened today which I thought we'd seen everything in the last four weeks, but we couldn't quite get our heads around, I couldn't anyway, the volatility that we experienced in the last two hours. Because at around about two o'clock South African time, I think it was, the US Federal Reserve basically said they're going to buy everything. As you can, it was almost like the famous brands a few years ago, they'd buy anything if it was, if it was selling food. The Fed will now buy anything when it comes to bond issuance, whether it's corporate bonds or muni bonds or any bond. <laughs> they'll just, they'll just snap it up. Yeah. <laughs> With limitless, sure, limitless, is, with a limitless pocket this, as well. Yeah, this is 0809 on steroids. You know, if you thought, if you thought that 0809 in those years were, were, were uh, um, difficult, this is, uh, you know, to the power of 10. It's, it's very hard to understand because we've never had a situation, never, where the world locks down. You know, where you get a complete shutting of virtually every business where there is no business. Uh, we've never had to deal with it. We're not quite sure uh, what this all means. You know, there's nobody here. You can listen to a hundred different interviews, you know, and you're going to get a hundred different interpretations of what this all means. Uh, at the end, it's just uh, we're going to have to play this literally hour by hour, day by day to see where it leads us. Um, and I think uh, even now you've got Trump saying, making statements that within two or three weeks they might have to ease the social contact uh, simply because of the economic fallout is going to be too great, you know, which means, uh, well, that's fine as long as your house, as long as you've got hospitals to handle the increase in, uh, you know, in, in infections. Hmm. So, you know, we're dealing with things that, 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 that no one, no one has really come close to dealing with in the past. Let's have a look at what the Fed did a couple of hours ago. Mm. It says here, the Federal Reserve said yeah. on Monday it will launch a barrage of programs aimed at helping fa- markets function more efficiently in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. Here we go. Among the initiatives is a commitment to continuous asset purchasing program in the amounts needed to support smooth market functioning and effective transmission of monetary policy to broader financial conditions and the economy. In other words, it wants to provide liquidity. It's going to provide an unspecified lending program for Main Street businesses and the term asset-backed loan facility implemented during the financial crisis. There will be a program worth $300 billion supporting the flow of credit to employers, consumers and businesses and two facilities set up to provide credit to large employers. it's buying everything, in other words, as I've said. And that, exactly. And that is outside of the, the stimulus package stimulus. that Congress mm. is supposed to be mm. uh, passing, which is a what? That's the one that gives everybody $1,000, so around about $2 trillion, yeah. It's, it's, it's more than $1,000. It's $2 trillion. So what the aim is, mm. so number one, they're going to create liquidity, the Fed, by buying anything you got mm. uh, other than equities. You can't sell you equities, but any kind of, Cash assets or uh, bond assets, you know, you can you can sell to them. They'll take it, and therefore you get cash, which goes into the system, because uh, businesses need cash. The other one is also to get cash into householders and to get cash into businesses so that they can operate. I think the biggest fear is that they do not want to see um, businesses closed down, skills lost, plants closed down, facilities closed down. In other words, bring a halt 
to the American economy. And I'll put America because this is their package. Yes. Uh, but I think you're going to see each, each country must introduce their own type of package. But it's, it's, it's fun. At the end, you're printing money. Yes. You know what I mean? The, you, you, you're creating money to do this. And traditionally, or when I say traditionally, I'm saying pre-07, 08, 09, there was always the fear that if you just went to the printing press, Inflation, you'd get inflation or hyperinflation that would send interest rates higher. Well, we haven't seen it in 10 years, and we're not likely to see it now, which no one can really explain. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not the, the kind of person you might have a better handle on that, but I, no one can explain why we never got inflation. There might be whole scenario of different explanations. So that's what it means. Fed, we will print money. You know, we will, we will just go and create uh, by putting journal entries through our books. And uh, you want dollars, you've got them. Additional so measures. That's what it means. Yeah, have a look at this, though. Mm-hmm. Additional measures include the issuance of asset-backed securities backed by mm-hmm. student loans, auto loans, credit card loans, loans guaranteed by the yep. Small Business Administration, <laughs> and right. certain other assets. I mean, this is So what that means is yes, no, the securitization. Yes. <laughs> that's a securitization program. You put a package together of, of debt and we'll buy it from you. <laughs> So, do you know what I mean? So, if you if your mate owes you money, Lindsay, you can put that into a package and sell it to the Fed, and let them try and recover it from him. Yes. So, okay. If you lend so much support- money to buy a beer, yeah. you, know, you can say, okay, mm. Fed, please buy this debt. That's uh, well, asset backed is is something backed by an asset though. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, but what happens, David? Like, Listen, they're supporting small businesses. What if the small business can't be supported because the person that works at the small business is on a respirator? Then, then what oh, happens? God. You're still not. You're still not. You're still not helping with, no. the, with the virus effect, which is now mm. becoming oh, no. coming out of hand no. in the United States of America. I watched mm. Cuomo mm. yesterday. I've watched um, the mayor oh. of New York today, and he was almost he was almost begging well, the U.S. Uh, the, the U.S. federal government to do something about it because he says we're going to you know we're going to have millions of people dying here. Well, my daughter is, lives in New York. And she was telling me that, you know, it was uh, first day of spring. I don't know. They call it March, you know, with the equinox. Yes, that becomes right. the first day of spring, even though you're freezing. You know, it's still the first day of spring. And they have spring break at the moment, I think. And so all the um, – he, she says that Central Park was packed. Yes, admittedly, people are not sitting on top of each other. It's a very big park. And they were within a certain amount of distance away, but they were there. You know, they were there. Um, a lot of them, uh, I know that in Australia, similar situation. My, uh, I have a son in Sydney and I have a brother in Sydney as well. And they were saying that uh, Double Bay, which is what would that be equivalent to Mark Melrose Arch or a, an area where there are a number of restaurants and coffee shops and various things. They were packed. Mm. Absolutely packed people shoulder to shoulder, you know, going out there. And that's frustrating the, the Australian government. That was frustrating Coma. You know, that's what he, he was so annoyed that, uh, and therefore you have to start to get police or alternative, the army to say, you know, you can't do this. And, uh, yep. So people are misbehaving. They just haven't quite grasped the situation. 
David, let me just give you some backdrop to what we've been talking about now, because when yeah, I woke yeah. up this morning, well, I didn't wake up, I stayed awake to watch the S&P opening, uh, because I could see the weekend trading patterns, uh, and there are sites that you can trade the S&P over the weekend, even though it's closed. It was indicating that the market would be down, and, and sure enough, open limit down. So at, one, at two o'clock in the morning, you your time, the market was limit down. Then suddenly people started buying it. Maybe they had a, a, a whiff of what the Fed was going to do, and the market came out of the limit down it was only down around about two and a half to three percent something like that then the fed came out the market went up three and a half percent so from four percent and a quarter four and a quarter percent down it went to three and a half percent up and then that news that congress hadn't passed the stimulus package came out and now the s&p is down one percent i've never seen the volatility even in the last four weeks i've never seen this volatility before no you can't you can't even talk sensibly about the market that's the whole point you know you can't do anything you just got to sit back and watch it whether you feel, you know, if you're bearish, of course, and you want to get rid of stuff, yeah, whatever, you know, you can. But I think that if you're trying to apply any kind of fundamental analysis to this market, it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. So I've seen it, you know, I've watched it here. I've been sitting here just catching up with males. We're getting a number of calls. And I've been watching the action, as you mentioned, on the S&P. So if you think what's happened where it was limit down, recovered that to go up to an half percent. So it's almost a seven and a half percent swing, and now down I don't know one one and a half percent. So you've got another four percent down as well. So it's all over the place, and I think it's just giving you an idea of how confused people are and how, um, how you can't put a strategy around this. You know, you can't advise anybody anything. It's just you just you know if we could, uh, Lindsay, you know if we if if we could just walk away from our responsibilities and our clients and everything, probably the best thing is to take a uh, a car and go in the game reserve and find some remote little hut there and just watch the animals go in the drinking hole until this all settles down, which it might take months to do. Mate, that's, um, I think they'll <laughs> probably close down the drinking hole because of the... the <laughs> yeah. Like they have the pubs. But you can't go watch soccer, you can't watch rugby, you can't watch cricket, oh, you can't watch it. anything. And you, stop it. They're, they're, you know what they're saying now oh, about the football? Worst, Dave. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about football later, but there, is, there has been a plan yeah. initiated. Tell me about the REITs, the Real Estate Investment Trust, because they've suddenly Destroyed. all got whacked because they're suspending uh, dividends or distributions. Tell me what yeah. that means. Exactly that, that they need the cash, so mm. they postponed it. But it just shows you the kind of pressure that they're under. And the fear is that they might break covenants. And what does covenants mean? Uh, you might have a better explanation than me. Is that when I someone lends you money, mm. you know, you know, if you lend a company money, you want to ensure that they cover that that they, that there's a good chance that you'll be repaid. In other words, it's almost your own rating agency. You know, you want to make sure. Listen, um, we're going to look at your accounts, and we'll lend you money on the condition that. You don't, you're not reckless, that you run your business well, and that you, that the interest that you owe us is well covered, that we're not under pressure to lose that money. And what's happened now is that a lot of property companies borrow money, of course, you know, to fund their uh, investments. Mm. And as the value of those investments go down, the borrowings remain the same. So you get into a very uncomfortable area where uh, the interest you're receiving or the valuations that you have uh, the concerns are that um, that you might not cover the interest, so they need to. Re so, so these businesses need to restrain, or need to build up their cash reserves to ensure 
that uh, they have sufficient cash to pay the uh, to pay the interest on those loans. I've, I haven't. This is unprecedented. This is completely new. And and Lindsay, cast your mind back two three years. This was the sector. Mm-hmm. This is where the billionaires were being made every second week. Uh, a new business came. I always used to joke, you know, that they're going to soon they'll be listing the uh, King David tuck shop. You know, they were just any kind of bricks and mortar. Uh, establishment was being put onto the market or put into a REIT. Now there's some serious, serious issues. We've got Redefine down 25% today, Hyprop down 24%. This is today, hey? This is not, uh, this is not over a year or a week. If we look over a, I'm just, I just want to get this for you. If we look at Redefine over year to date, it's down 78%. One rand fifty, I think, something like that, isn't it? One rand fifty, one rand sixty. It's one rand sixty-five. I don't know how close this is. This is close, yeah. So it's lost seventy-eight percent of its value. Now these were these were the uh, blue chip stocks of the uh, you know of the property sector. Uh, High prop has lost sixty-three percent of its value, and so we go. Even attack, which was uh, always considered a, a great growth company developer. Uh, more a developer than a real, you know, REIT, uh, real estate investment trust. Um, it was converting itself to a REIT or might even be a REIT at this stage and that, but down 60%. Why have they done it, David? You say that they need the cash to pay back the, the loans, but to me, this is almost counterproductive by suspending yeah. your distribution or your dividend, whichever way you want to describe it, and your share price loses 25 to 30%. Surely that is worse than having to than maintaining your dividend. I don't know. Well, they can't maintain it. You know, they they don't care about the share price. They're just concerned about their uh, solvency and the uh, continuation, sustainability of the business. So um, they they just worry about the income account rather than the balance sheet. And uh, it's mainly because the balance sheet, the worry is that, that you see, the loan to value is based on valuations of companies. Mm. Who do you get to value the company? Either directors themselves, or alternatively, you go to a valuing agency, you know, who looks at the leases and then says, this is the value of this business. Well, the market's telling you something else and saying that's historic. You know, you're not going to renew your leases. People are going to renew when the renews, when leases come up for renewal, they're going to be at a much lower level. And therefore, we're going to downgrade the value of your business. The loan doesn't change. But the the, the, is that what they're saying? Is, is the reason yeah, for this that yeah, the people are anticipating yeah. in the future the non-renewal yeah. of loans or the renegotiation of oh, sorry leases, the non-renewal yeah. of leases, or a substantial downgrade in the value of leases? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, of course. So if you take a high prop, mm. you know, a high prop might have. Uh, they could say, oh, you know, we're uh, all all our malls are. Um, we've got tenants in all of them. Suddenly, one of those businesses goes under, an Edgar's type situation. I'm not including Edgar's, but an Edgar's type situation mm. where they say, well, if you, don't, if you don't lower our leases, if you don't lower our rent, we're just going to go into bankruptcy or insolvency, and that's it. You know, you're finished. You're going to have all this uh, 
uh, lease area. So that's what the market say. The market is looking at this realistically. Uh, answer me this. Have they got together over the weekend, all these chaps, all these big wigs, all these property moguls who are now not looking so mogul-like, and be. said to themselves, well, we've got to do it all in one go? Because I'm looking at it now. EPP, that's the it's Polish just, property exactly. company, down 12%. Uh, update and postponement of the payment of the cash dividend mm. for the six months ended 31st of December. You go a little bit higher, and then you get redefined, down 27% on my screen mm. at 161, postponement of dividend and withdrawal yeah. of distribution guidance. Uh, let me see another one. High prop, exactly the same. Update on the dividend payment and the alternatives. And, it, and so it goes on. Capital and count. I oh, know that's a different one, sorry. Oh. Um, but uh, it's actually up on the day. But it seems to me that they all got together and said, let's do it all in one that's, go. We don't yeah. want to break ranks. Yeah, it seems like that. You know, the fact that they came out with an announcement, I don't know whether there's any announcement from the property, you know, from one society or a body that has uh, done that, but it is rather unusual that they all decided at the same time to do it. Yes. One might have said, we're going to do it. You know, there, there's a link between them. They all know each other. Yes. You know what I mean? And there's, um, there could have been phone calls around the weekend or something. I don't think it's – I don't know whether this is anti-competitive. I don't think it's got anything to do with that at all. But it is unusual that they would have all come out uh, literally at the same time. Um, I, yeah, there, there may be cross-holdings there. But uh, it is, it, it, it's a sector that has been you know, virtually wiped out. And this has been the sector that, is, that has held up the JSC over the last couple of years and has been, um, has grown stronger and stronger. And it's, listen, you know what the tragedy is? And we're going to go through this now, is that there's so many pensions aligned to the companies that we're going to talk about mm. or go through. You know, it's, it's, this doesn't affect rich people. This affects everyone. This affects every person who works, who is, uh, you know, who has a job and contributes to a pension fund. It's throughout the throughout the country. Let you know? me just and read, it's decimated. Yeah, and it is, and it's not just property, but this is linked to property as well because this is Famous Brands. They came out with a statement this morning. Mm. It says here, the board of directors and management of Famous yep. Brands have been vigilantly monitoring the COVID-19 situation since the WHO declared the outbreak, etc., etc. Across all our trading jurisdictions, we fully endorse the various governments' decisive actions to contain the spread and impact mm. of the pandemic. And it goes on to say, a crisis leadership team comprising of the group executive committee has been established to monitor and immediately respond to the situation as it develops what is that situation do you think the closing down of restaurants just like in the united kingdom because of the yes. the lockdown that is occurring and they'll have to i mean even mcdonald's they had a thousand shops open in in the uk mm -hmm. giving takeaways or serving people takeaways they just said no it's just not worth the risk now to our staff and to our customers so they've closed down every single operation is that what's happening in south africa exactly we're waiting to hear i don't think cyril ramaphosa has spoken i don't know what time he's speaking but the army is already out. You know, there's evidence if you if you're driving in the streets of Joburg, the army's out there to make sure that people are, um, comply. Mm. Um, so that they want they want to close shops because uh, only essential services will be will be opened. Um, only essential services will be opened um, because they don't want uh, social cohesion. They don't want any kind of social interaction at all. And, um, and 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 they need the army to to make sure that um, you know no one breaks breaks ranks or breaks it. This is parks closed down, etc. So 
Lindsay, I think that also you're getting taxis coming in, you know, which are packed with 13, 15, I don't know how many people can cram in there. And that, that, that also, you know, creates a spread. So if you've got someone working for you that might have gone in a taxi because of the proximity of the way that people could apply to buses as well. I'm not singling out taxis. So they're trying to contain this. This is all part of the, the suppression. You know, let's try and suppress it for a couple of weeks. Um, and then slowly ease back and uh, mitigation. But you've got to get hospitals. You've got to get hospitals. In the time that you're suppressing this, you've got to get hospitals up and make sure that you can handle uh, the fallout that's going to come from that because there will be a fallout. Mm. Uh, anyway, just going through the Stock Exchange News Service announcements, and we've been through a couple of them. Uh, famous Brands, we just described that one, down 10%. Uh, Old Mutual down 7%. Growth Point down 16%. African Energy Empowerment Investments uh, down 22%. Don't know what that is, but anyway, uh, Growth Point down 16%. Quilter down 5 Hammerson down 19 Sunlam down 13 and a third. Schroeder, European Real Estate uh, Investment Trust, the REIT, 19% weaker. 11.5% down for Discovery. That's, I mean, we said they saw that. Into you know, down I, nine and a third. Well, they, 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 they haven't got anybody, they haven't got anywhere left. to fall. I think, I think the thing that worries me, and, it's, and I, I express deep concern because it looks like Adrian, who had entered into cap, Adrian Gore from Discovery, mm. who'd entered into cap and collars in an order borrowing money against his holdings uh, in order to follow rights issues, has just gone pear-shaped. It's just gone against it. And uh, he's had to kind of restructure these deals all the time. And today, if you look on your SENS announcement, there's a further restructuring of these uh, of these deals, which is probably all the shares he owns. I don't know how much he owns. I thought these deals, I thought these these super-duper financial engineers are actually put there and put these um, top and tails and uh, collars and cuffs (laughs) into place, (laughs) into place in order to reduce risk. It seems to me that they've increased risk. Massively. I've I've always criticised them. I understand that that Adrian and their various people who wanted to follow rights, I think they've got their hearts in the right places. But uh, it's always been a concern where CEOs have entered into these kind of deals. Um, and, And in a simple fact, you borrow money. But in order to borrow money and protect the lender... They ask you, they force you into a cap and collar just in case, um, you know, their collateral falls. Again, it's another kind of almost a breach of covenant. So you have to buy puts and then sell calls, you know, and uh, uh, what it does do. As we've seen with poor old Adrian, and he's not—he's not the only person that this has happened to. Well, when, when you, you say poor old get, Adrian, I think he'll get by. Yeah, no, he'll get by. No, 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 I'm not. I also think of the psychological effect on people who work for the company because what it does do is it puts enormous downward pressure on the prices. We've seen it in a number of cases. We saw it with this game as well where um, a couple of their executives entered into these kind of deals. And my view is if you want, to, if you want money, first of all, you want to follow the rights issue let, and, and you haven't got the money, let someone else do it. You know, go to a bank, go to an underwriter. Uh, or if you need to diversify your portfolio, don't borrow money against your shares. Sell some of the shares. You know, just just get cash, get liquidity. Uh, so it's it's 
in it's backfired. I believe it backfired in Capitec. Remember, we were talking yes. to Nick the other night. He says that perhaps some of the weakness that we saw uh, was a result of a cap and collar that some of the executives had entered. Definitely was. But it does, when you get an eruption like this, um, it does, you know, it causes huge kind of uh, problems for the share price. So, and, and, and I, I don't know, these are all synthetic movements. You were in that area of the market. I've never been in that area in the market because I never understand what these synthetic valuations mean. Because, uh, I, I just real, I'm an accountant. I deal with real money. You know, money comes in, money goes out. Synthetic money doesn't form part of my life. So anyway. <laughs> We're going to come to we're going to come to your um, your destruction of wealth table in a moment, but here's a bit of yeah. the destruction as well. MTN Group has, on the 23rd of March 2020, that's today, received a notification of disclosure of a disposal of a beneficial interest from M1 Limited, advising that it disposed of a beneficial interest in securities of MTN Group, such that the total of all beneficial interests held by the M1 Limited is now 7.16. Share price down over 21%. MTN. What's M1 Limited? I don't know. <laughs> it, says, it must be someone of, uh, is, it, is it not an empowerment vehicle? I don't know who don't they know. are. Sorry, I haven't, I've missed this one. Um, I, I've, we've been so busy today. I haven't, uh, I haven't really kept up with the, with all the, the full details. In fact, I, all that comes across our screen are these volatility auctions and, and, mm. you know, there are so many of them that they actually, um, you, you have to keep refreshing your screens to get rid of them. But, um, there's been a massive amount of, as you say, volatility. I'm trying, and a lot of, a lot of notices out as well. But MTN also, it's exposure to Iran, it's exposure to Nigeria, it's exposure in the rest of the Africa is also just weighed heavily on them. Is, um, is, the, is the share price really 28 rand? I'm just looking at it now. 28 I'm rand a share. It was, I'm going to get you that. What's the highest no, no. it's been? Oh, 140, I think. I can get that for you. Please do. I can get that for you in a second. Thank if you. I just, I've got to get a... Um, while you're doing that, I'll give it, I'll just have a look at a couple yeah, of prices. Yeah, 135, here. and I'll tell you the date that it reached that. Yeah. So we were, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm just trying to find the, uh, in the, in the region of, I, I remember, funny enough, in my head, I thought it was 140, 142. But on the 20th of January, 2018, so that's two years ago, yeah. slightly over two years, the share price was 100, call it 140 rand. Mm. 140 rand to where we are now. And this is MTN. This was always considered a growth company, uh, a wonderful brand, uh, you know, bringing data to, to Africa, to its millions of uh, customers spread in a number of different uh, countries around Africa and the Middle East. So, um, yes, they had their own problems. You know, they had issues in Nigeria and various other places along. But, um, this is, this destruction I have never seen. And it just shows you when things go wrong, they go wrong. And that's in rand terms as well. I mean, imagine yeah. in dollars uh, with the, mm. with the rand you know, essentially 18 mm. to the US dollar. Um, imagine. So, uh, I, yeah. Okay, so, let's, let's, uh, this, this is the part of uh, Shapiro World that might actually become a feature. It's called the Destruction of Wealth, <laughs> and that's yeah. the Dow. Let's have a look at the Dow, David's Dow, and it's not the Dow Jones, it's the Destruction of Wealth. Um, what have you singled out for us, David? I, I tell you what's the most disturbing aspect of the market today, and I'm looking at the JC. I'm not looking at... Uh, 
um, I, you know, I'm not looking at U.S. markets because they seem to be holding up uh, significantly better than our markets. And what's happened now, as we've gone into lockdown, we've seen companies like City Lodge, Soga, been just taken out the game. Uh, City Lodge lost 37% today. It has a market value of around about 700-odd million. Uh, I mean, that's, that's 700 tiny. million. That's nothing. Do you know how many actual bricks-and-mortar hotels they have spread around the country? So, And here is a business that was started by Hans Enderley and was a uh, – sadly, he passed away not too long ago. But, I mean, it was really a well-run business that was designed to cater for the businessman who comes into town. He doesn't want to – he just wants a room, a very bare room, a shower and a clean bed, toilet that flushes. And, you know, to go and have a egg and, I don't know, egg on toast for breakfast or something. Very simple meals. Mm. And it's, it's a brilliant concept and it's done, you know, you've got various others around the world. And today you can buy that whole business for 700 odd million. It gives you an idea of what this means. And the worry is that without customers traveling, without anybody traveling, you know, they're just not going to make money. And the other is your favorite one, you know, which is, owns the Cape Sun. What's well, not Cape Sun, the Table Mount, Table Bay. Uh, Togo is down 24% today. Hmm. I mean, it's, 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 and I think down the line, I'm just looking, you know, that's associated with famous brands that we were speaking about as well. So I've seen, I, I cannot believe some of the values that we're seeing here and the destruction that we have seen. Uh, in the two, we've only been, I mean, we're, we're, we're not even through March, you know, and we've seen City Lodge 76% down in, since the beginning of the year. Um, redefine, as we mentioned, I'm, I'm talking about others. Uh, Toga Sun has lost 80% of its value since, uh, the beginning of the year. That's in two months. Um, to give you an idea of, of what we're going through. And of course, we've got Sassel, which is trading now at a, at 22 rand a share, and I'm, I'm being generous, with a market value of around about 18 billion, which is just also. Um, and this was 500 you, uh, rand plus a share, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, as yeah. A this of had years a market ago. cap. Mm. Yeah, this had a market cap of over 400 billion. It was one of the top 10 shares, you know, on the JSE. And and you have to decide whether this is the oil price. <laughs> you know, is this the oil price? It's or partly is the oil this price. more than that? Yeah. You know, uh, oil price, or is this just management gone wrong, particularly by their folly into Louisiana? Mm. Um, I think that's more of a drag than, say, the oil price, which has fallen. That's exacerbated and exaggerated issues, but it's not the prime reason. I saw something on one of the international TV stations the other day where these people have been They'd been whitewater rafting somewhere and they deliberately decided not to take any cell phones with them because, you know, they're in some deep gorge. Maybe it was in the Grand Canyon or something like that. And they'd been away for, for four weeks and they hadn't had any contact with anybody. And it coincided with the start of the coronavirus. And then when they turned their phones on, when they got back to base camp or whatever it was, and turned their phones on, every single one of them, they showed the messages, you've got to phone me quickly. And they all thought, well, gosh, something incredible has happened. They, and they, they'd, they'd come back to a world that they, uh, they'd left one world and come back to a new world if you had left for four weeks David and you no, saw no. the Sassel share price or the MTN share price or the City Lodge no. share price you wouldn't believe your eyes no no not at all no and I think I think that doesn't only apply to this it applies to the S&P as well 
we hit an all-time high in on February the 17th, I think. Yes. And what was happening, there was the fear of losing out. What was it, FOMO, the fear of missing out, mm. uh, where those people, who had, those investors who had missed out on 2019, suddenly got out of their uh, – got out of bonds, got out of cash, and went into the market. Uh, you also have to paint a backdrop of – uh, the IMF and other bodies like that saying that the world economy was going to improve a little. They didn't say greatly, but there's going to be slightly better than the year before. Corporate earnings will pick up, admittedly, uh, moderately. But they were painting a picture of uh, a far better picture than we had seen the year before. Nothing great. Nothing. You know, we knew there was a feeling that there was going to be a market correction. We felt that we needed that, that valuations were stretched and earnings had to catch up. And that was the kind of climate that we were a month ago. Not even, what's it? Yeah, just over a month ago. Completely changed now. Just we're in total lockdown. We never, ever thought that we would see or hear the Fed doing what they're doing at the moment. That we go into further programs of quantitative easing. That, you know, that, that we need, uh, stimulus further stimulus that we would need the central banks and uh, um, uh, fiscal policies to be changed. No one ever thought we'd see this ever again. David, so, the, 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 the program announced by the Fed today, which is it's essentially essentially unlimited quantitative easing, and we've been used to QE for uh, 11, 12 years now, uh, but this particular program, it's not – giving money away like they're going to give everyone a thousand US dollars or whatever the, the, the sum is. That's the uh, pack, package, the stimulus package about to be hopefully passed by Congress and giving the man and woman in the street under who's earning under a certain amount of money in the States a little bit of a cash injection. That doesn't have to be paid back. They're giving them that money. Yes, but, yes, the, yes. but the Fed is taking all this stuff onto its, its balance sheet. At that some stage, it, yeah. it's got to be unwound. It's all very well yes. taking it on because you yeah. own the printing press. But how do you unwind it? Who buys it from you? I don't understand this. It took a long time. So what happens is that that uh, you either sell it back into the market mm. or you wait for expiry and it's repaid to you, uh, as the Fed did, as Bernanke did. A lot of those bonds that he bought, you know, naturally expired. But he also started to unravel it, you know, as 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 conditions improved. So he started to sell those back onto the market. What if the bonds uh, can't be – what if these securities, asset-backed securities, can't be paid back because of the parlous state of the economy, which could get worse yeah. over the next year or a couple of years, or the duration yes. of these securities? You just wait it out. <laughs> you wait it out or you write it off. That's the danger. You know, that's, that's the big danger. Uh, it took, it took uh, Bernanke, what, 10 years almost to get that right. You know, it didn't, it, it didn't correct itself overnight. It took a long time. Uh, the difference between this and 08, 09 is that our banks are in much better shape. Um, you know, the banks are, uh, in, in back in 08, uh, 07, 08, you know, they were undercapitalized. They had a lot of toxic debt on their books. In this case, um, they're in a much better position than they were. So the banks are very, very well capitalized. That gives it a slightly different twist. Um, to, but what they're trying to do is push cash into the market to give the banks more cash to lend to these stressed companies. Um, I don't know this. You need, you know, you probably need some economists to, to try and explain this in, in much greater detail. I'm giving you a, a layman's view of what it's, what it's like.
uh, you know, what it means. Mm. Let's have a look at the overall index of the JSE now. Yeah. I can't remember where it was when this when this started, end of February, no, mid-end of February. We, where were we? we the, the JSE? Yes. Okay, I'm going to get it for you. I just, I just need to uh, press one or two buttons and update this. But, That's okay. Uh, but it's down about five, just to, as a backdrop to, no. to this chat, it's down about five yeah. and a half to six percent today was worse Oh, off. today, sorry. No, no, no just to, no, I'm talking about from, uh, from its high, or oh, yes. its year no. high to where it is now. Okay, so when we, we reached the high at, um, five, eight, call it five, eight, nine hundred. Yes. On the 20th of January. Right. Okay. We are now, I have to look this, we are now, so from five, you just write this down because you're going to have to do the calculation. Oh, from yeah. five eight nine hundred, mm-hmm. we are now trading at three eight, oh, call it three eight one hundred. Okay, so I'm going to say fifty nine thousand down to thirty eight thousand, David. You've got to calculate yeah, it's twenty thousand points. It's twenty one thousand <laughs> well, points. Do, tw- do twenty one thousand divided by fifty nine thousand? I'm holding a phone with I'm, I'm holding a phone with one hand, and I'm trying to do these calculations with another okay. hand. But I mean, it's we we fall. Let me put it to you in another way, I, yes. which is a far more distressing way, is that we are now. I'm trying to find. How many years the JSC has retreated? In other words, it's, 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 we have gone back to levels that we saw, that we last saw in probably the end of 2012. Around the, I, maybe I'm being, yeah, 20, sure. Somewhere around, uh, 20, 20, end of 2012. So we've gone back eight years. Okay. And that 2012, we were just pulling out. Uh, we were on a very nice upward uh, momentum. Why? Because China had started to re-stimulate its economy, buying commodity prices, you know, and uh, fearing what had happened in 08, 09, we were into a new kind of commodity cycle. Also, the U.S. economy is picking up. So we started an upward momentum in the JSE, which went through to the middle of 2014. From that date onwards, we've just tracked sideways, but we've lost a lot of ground. So, um, yeah. Okay, how's this? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, from 59 to 38,000, it's uh, 35.5% we've seen in, in round terms. Yeah. If, if you go into dollar terms, uh, you don't want to know that. <laughs> you know? In fact, I can, I can actually I can give you a year to date if you want to know. Yes, so, in the year to date, in the, year to date um, the market is down. Is this right? 29, yeah, 29.5% year to date. Hmm. That's not from the peak. That's from year to date. Now I'm going to just give that number to you in, in, in dollars. If I give that to you in US dollars. Yes. Um, the JSC is down 44% hmm. in US dollars. Staggering. It is staggering. And it's, 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 the trouble is that we have to pick up these pieces. Uh, we have to pick up the pieces for the poor pensioners who've, whose pension funds have just gone back seven, eight years for all the financial planners who have sold policies to their, to their customers and that, you know, they're going to face, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to be client facing after these kind of numbers, after, after a situation like this. Very, you know, how do you, how do you explain this? You know, cause, uh, after 10 years of saving, you're no better off than you were then.
you know, and it, 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 you, your average return over 10 years on the JSE has been about three and a half percent. Cash has given you more. So it really makes our, our jobs useless. You know, you realize how inadequate we are or how irrelevant we are. Yeah. These are things we speak about on a, on, on a weekly basis, David, but the, the long-term ramifications, let's talk uh, seriously now about what this means for the long-term health and wealth of the South African individual and the South African yeah. economy, because I can see us being in ICU, and there's not a play on words there, I mean literally right, in ICU yeah. and also metaphorically yeah. in ICU for a long, long time now. Mm. How can we ever mm. recover from this? I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, um, I don't know what government's got to do. Um, we can't do what we've been doing, that's all. And uh, I don't know, first of all, I don't know whether we've got the means on it by ourselves to actually get ourselves out of this mess. You've got still massive unemployment, which is going to increase. And that, to me, is very disturbing. We have a coronavirus now, which, which I think can easily spread. Remember, we're in summer. We're not in winter. So uh, we still have to face the flu season. Yes, we've, we, we've handled uh, pandemics and various other issues from AIDS to TB and uh, a lot of, a lot of illness in this community, which might go, uh, hidden, but, uh, we, we can't go on like this. You know, the government's got to get around and, and try to formulate some kind of policies that will get us, you know, start to turn this economy around. We're going into recession. We've been in, we haven't grown in years and we're going into, uh, and we weren't, we weren't destined or, or positioned to grow, it's only going to make it worse now. But I think what's worrying me more is the destruction of those institutions and, and businesses that, uh, you know, showed some form. The, the travel industry, you know, those, those kind of businesses are, are, are what worries me. Some of the manufacturing facilities, uh, services industries. So hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I wish, you know, I sit here and worry and I do worry. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's, this is wartime and sometimes you need a wartime cabinet. Uh, you need parties, you know, you need people from all sides to get together and just scrap all the ideology, just scrap that nonsense. Do you know what I mean? And just get rid of the, the empty heads that we do have that sometimes make their views known. Um, if, if you, if you know what I mean, you know, this needs, this needs intelligence. This is not, this is not electioneering. No, it's not. David, everyone keeps on trying to pick a bottom here and everyone says uh, to me, well, can't go down much further. All the leverage selling has now, <laughs> has now been done. But every single day I see something new and I think to myself, well, goodness yeah. me, if the Fed is, is propping up the economy to this extent, the market surely must rally five, six percent today. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, not at all. It may do by the end of the day, but it's still down 1.2% as I look at my screen. We've got to see when the Fed pass, not when the Fed, when Congress passes its policy. Mm. We need a positive day. We need a few positive days. What's happening now is that we're not seeing the 7 and 8% falls. We're seeing 1.6% fall as I talk now. So what happens is the downward momentum is slowing, which shows you kind of exhaustion and also perhaps that uh, those who want to get out are getting out. Um, I can't call the bottom yet. Um, I think that, 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 that maybe, you know, we've seen the worst of the selling, but it doesn't mean that the selling is going to stop, if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. You know, it doesn't mean it's just going to come to a sudden stop and everything's going to turn around and it's going to scream upwards. No. 
no, you know, this can take this bouncing along and uh, kind of volatility can continue for some time. But it's, um, you know, thankfully we're not seeing the sevens and eights and nine percent sell-offs. And and we need we need U.S. Congress, we need the House and the Senate to uh, uh, to come to firms and and to understand the predicament and the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah, we do. David, uh, thank you very much for your time. Oh, by the way, yeah. on, the, on the football season, they're saying that if things stabilise, which I, I doubt in, that, in this short period of time because they're talking about June the 1st, they're going to have games every single day. So the, the season, I mean, teams are going to have to play two or three games a week in order to get the season over, yeah. maybe even only two days in between games. And I mean, that'll be a bonanza for us because if we're still self-isolated... <laughs> I mean, bring, <laughs> of course it will be. Bring on the but self-isolation you know I, as much I, as you I, can, yeah, please. Yeah, I just feel sorry for Liverpool. I just, I am absolutely distressed. As much as we mock them, and as much as we, you know, go at them and that, I still think, you know, we, I, they deserve to win it, and you want to see them win it. And this has just been such an unfortunate issue for them. You know, having played so well, having set records, and just beaten up everybody else, for them to end this way is just. It's just so sad and unfortunate. So I'm with the Liverpool fans, even though I hate the club. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> why do people hate Liverpool? I don't understand ah, why you we hate We don't them. really. Because yeah. they play well. You know, any club that plays good soccer, you detest because, you know, you can't play like them. <laughs> okay. They've got great players. <laughs> okay, David, thank you very much for your time. David Shapiro okay. is from Sassfin Securities, Deputy Chairman at that institution, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.